part of the problem with smoking is that I get really bad dry mouth. <laughs> so, what was I just saying? You've been smoking the devil's blood, <laughs> is what saying. Sanus Lapidus. Welcome to the Mickey Mouse Greenhouse. I'm KK. And I'm Wiggles. And we're going to review Disney Channel original movies. And let you know if they get a puff or a pass from us in 2020. Happy 2020! Happy 2020. This is the first podcast of the new year. And it is January 1st. We're recording. It is the January 1st podcast that we're recording this. It definitely won't get released by January 1st. No, 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 no. We need to edit. Editing professionalism. Yes, we need to. We need to brand ourselves. Hey, don't, don't, you know. What? Don't give them everything. Well, by the time this comes out, all of that. But this is in the past. Okay. We're going to be in the future then. By then, we can have all kinds of branding and. Speaking of the future. Today we are going to review Xenon, Xenon. Girl of the 21st Century. Cetus Lapidus. Cetus Lapidus. Wow. So we thought that this would be a great first movie to record because it's 2020, which to me as a child seemed so far away. And now 2020 is here. And in my mind, as a kid, I loved Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. It was definitely one of my repeat watches and in my head before watching again as an adult I thought that it took place in 2020 so now I know that it didn't but I was like so excited to watch this movie because I was like wait we're living the future we're living the Disney Channel original movie future I however have not seen Xena Girl in the 21st Century I've seen bits and pieces of it. Was never really popping for the Xenon Girl of the 21st Century at the time. I knew it existed. I knew it was a classic decom. I just wasn't wasn't my cup of tea. You know, I was watching Eastman Stevens. That's that's okay that you didn't watch it. I didn't expect us to watch every movie, um, both of us to watch them as kids. But it was funny to see us watch it together as an adult because even though. This was a movie that I loved as a kid. There were a lot of parts of it that I didn't quite remember, or I definitely have a fresh perspective on. So let's jump into it. So just in case any of you guys aren't sure what the point of this podcast is, let's oh, yeah, we should talk about keep that. it 100,000. What we really want to do is uh, get nice and high, watch ourselves a Disney Channel original movie, and review it. To see if it's going to get a puff from us. A puff meaning we want to smoke to it, watch it again, we recommend it. Or a pass, you know. Or you just let that go. You let someone else have a hold of that. And yeah. so we'll get into it a little bit more towards the end. But right now, let's get into our synopsis of Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. I want to take a quick pause, sorry, before we get too into it. And I just want to say... I think it is important that we point out that 
while we are really enjoying this, making this podcast, and we're having a lot of fun being high more frequently than usual. Okay, so today, folks, we are traveling back in time to 1999, when Disney Channel released Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. While the rest of the world in 1999 was worried about Y2K, Disney was trying to give us a glimpse of what the future could look like. They were really optimistic that we would make it into the 21st century. Set on a space. Huh? They didn't see Donald Trump. They they definitely did not see Donald Trump coming. But maybe they did. Maybe Xenon is an extension of Space Force. Well, we'll we'll discuss presidencies in a minute. (laughs) But set on a space station, which we'll refer to from here on out as the Space Day, in 2049, Xenon is a 13-year-old girl who has spent most of her childhood orbiting Earth. She likes to hang out with her best friend Nebula, she calls her Neb, who is actually Raven Simone, and Xenon often finds herself getting into some sticky situations. She gets into a lot of trouble and her parents, teachers, and Commander Plank all are always on her case. From going on spacewalks, spying in air ducts, and just being an overall teenager, Xenon is known for getting into a lot of trouble. All right, so on top of Xenon and her hijinks, the space day itself has been around for 27 years and is in need of some repairs. And the Elon Musk type dude who runs the space station, Wyndham, and his crony Lutz pay a visit to the space day to see what the day-to-day looks like and the advancements and contributions happening. While most of the adults on board are worried about Wyndham, Xenon and her friends are more excited about Microbe, a popular rock band that's going to host the first rock band in space. Yeah. And their lead singer, who has frosted tips a la Justin Timberlake Protozoa, visiting the space station. This will be the first time that a rock band has visited in space, as I just said. Mm-hmm. And Xenon and her friends have both of their hearts set on being the girl that gets on stage with Protozoa. Luckily for her, Xenon wins. Unfortunately, not Neb. Poor Neb. <laughs> Contest, Neb. Wins the contest. And the moment to go on stage where Protozoa can launch her into space stardom. Space stardom. When Xenon runs into Wyndham and Lutz, she automatically gets is convinced that there is an ulterior motive to their space station. Wyndham has this weird as fuck blinking that he does, and Xenon, her spidey senses go off, and she's like, that's not right. He's not cool. I need to be a detective. When snaking around one night, she was actually, like, digging through the trash. Xenon sees Lutz trying to get into a classified part of the station. When she confronts him about it, he plays it off that he was just trying to get access to a computer to, like, check the stocks for Wyndham. Xenon knows that he was bullshitting her. She continues to keep tabs on Lutz, and at another point in time, she's spying on him from an air duct, and she sees him in that classified room load information that's on a computer and put it onto a microchip. However, 
this stupid ass when putting the chip into his breast pocket he drops it he doesn't actually get it into the pocket and it later goes on to be discovered by nebula during this whole process xenon gets caught in the restricted access part of the space day and her parents give her the ultimate grounding literally, because Xenon's parents are shipping her from the space day to Earth, where she's going to be living with her aunt, who drives a VW bug. <laughs> hey, no VW bug shade, just because we can't trust the mileage on them. When Xenon <laughs> arrives on Earth, she is shocked to find that life is very different from what she's used to, because gravity sucks. Yeah. Gravity sucks. <laughs> she can't stop sneezing. And there's a weird dude who keeps eye-fucking her while she's at lunch for her aunt. Keep your, you know, remember the eye-fucking dude because he comes back later. Yeah. <laughs> Xenon also meets the school bully who she totally owns. Like, Margie is really the punching bag for Xenon because every opportunity Margie has to one-up Xenon, Margie ends up looking like a fucking asshole. And she's really not a good person. Not a good person, no. I actually feel bad for the poor actress. Because it's like, <laughs> hey, like someone was like, you're going to get shit on all day. Cut. Next scene. Meanwhile, we can cut that. Meanwhile, <laughs> Les realizes that the chip he thought he put in his pocket like a stupid person is actually a very fashionable earring that Xenon is wearing. Also, very lucky. And happens to go so far as to stalk her, break into her aunt's house just to get that chip. Why do you want that chip, you may ask? Because it holds evidence that In Wyndham is plotting to destroy the space day for the insurance money major. Money major. As the space day is starting to go into system malfunction because of all the hacked information, I fucking dude told you he was coming back and his buddies realized the chip in their earring is the only hype to fix the space station. Thanks to the only black guy in the galaxy, apparently, some super <laughs> fast 90s typing, the team is able to reverse engineer the space station technology and make an antivirus. Oh, that's what happened. I was like confused as to what was going on. <laughs> Worth pointing out that while we watched this, I was like pretty sick. So I was kind of like in this state of delirium. So fast forward through a bunch of filler, a lot more fi fast typing and a really gross love interest between Xenon and iFucker Greg. She manages to get herself backstage with Protozoa where he makes sure that she gets back on board the ship in time for the concert because it doesn't matter that the space day is like dying. What matters is that the concert goes on. And so Xenon and Protozoa get back on this spaceship that's going to take them. However, Wyndham, Lutz, and Xenon's aunt get to them just in time. They get on board the spaceship, and they all end up docking back at the space day. When they get back, they realize that the ship only has minutes left before it goes into total system failure. Like, Protozoa is shook, literally, because the space day is shaking. In true, like, Disney fashion, though, they're like, hey, the space is failing. Let's take five minutes to talk about what's happening and how Xenon is back at the space day. 
Minutes left, seconds left. Xenon saves a space day. We all thought it was going to crash. Don't worry. It rebooted. And the concert goes on. Protozoa is really rocking. Everyone there is fangirling over him. And Xenon is such a BFF that she lets Neb dance on stage with Protozoa instead of her and dedicates the song to and the concert to her friends back on Earth. Zoom, 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 make my heart go boom, 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 my supernova girl. So. What are some takeaways from the movie? Takeaways from the rewatch. It definitely did not hold up in 2020. No. Yeah, we're kicking uh, the ass of all of the technology that was supposed to be in 2050. Yeah, the fact that it took place in 2049 and we're watching it in 2020 and we're like, oh, this is bad. (laughs) Like... We did a lot in the last 20 years from this movie coming out. Like, the fact that they couldn't even envision some of this stuff that we have today was hilarious. But there were some dope things that they did have. They did have iPads. They I did have yeah, AirPods. Yeah. Like, Xenon straight up had a pair of AirPods that she put in and was just, like, listening to the radio when she was supposed to be in class. But, you know, a bunch of kids nowadays can relate. You know what I mean? Wyndham is definitely Elon Musk, mm-hmm. so they called that. You know, Elon Musk probably watched that movie and was like, "Yo, I'm inspired. And, I'm gonna make a space station." And in like a pretty weird way, it's nice knowing that the Earth still exists in 2049. Like, you know, people weren't at the space day because that was their only option. Like, I I hope that that's our future. <laughs> nah, all of those people worked at the space day. They could come and go. But I'm sure if there was another space day, it would just be just for rich people, just for Wyndham and his crew. Yeah. Like, understand that the whole plot was that Wyndham was trying to murder all of those people for insurance money. It was really dystopian. But at the end of it, we got a really nice concert. And for some reason, they arrested him without actual proof that he was going to do that. Yeah, that was wild. Also, I don't want to leave this part out. They had, uh, like, projected, what is that called? Holograms of the teachers that were, like, instructing Xenon and her friends. And they were going over a lesson that Chelsea Clinton was president, which, you know, I think I support. I I, I, I think I would support I Chelsea, Chelsea Clinton. Clinton like that. Like... I don't know her like what that is, either. What's Chelsea Clinton done? Don't just say like she could be president. You know what she's done, babe? She made it through the 90s with curly, frizzy hair. Okay? Yeah. Chelsea Clinton has grown for that more than the asshole that's in Pennsylvania Avenue at this you moment. Know a lot of people came through the 90s with curly hair, okay? The 90s were hard for some of us curly girls, okay? They were hard. She made it out alive. <laughs> We could not be Lisa Kudra. <laughs> so there's also some pretty funny dialogue that we get from Xenon Girl, the 21st century. A 21st century. Oh, before we get into dialogue, shout out to the only notable person in this movie, Raven Simone, who I'm not even sure if she's still working, but she was pretty recently, and I'm sure she's just sitting on money. So shout out to Raven. You know, babe, all Raven has to do is keep getting into the news for stupid shit that she's saying, and she'll stay relevant. You know, honestly, like, I don't even know if she needs to stay relevant. Like, she's really fucking rich. 
Like, she was, like, almost on some Olsen twin money. Like, yeah. there was a time. Yeah. Raven Simone been working since ever. Oh, Raven Simone. Yeah, she's out. She can be canceled. I don't really want to talk about cancel culture, but yeah. I'm... We don't need... We had enough Raven Simone for both of our lifetimes. So, we also get some really great dialogue and phrases... Um, that I think we should start to make relevant in 2020. We don't need to wait until 2049 to bring some of these phrases to our lingo. So the biggest one, which we're all very, very familiar with, is Cetus Lapidus. Cetus Lapidus, if you're not with it, it's the catchphrase of the whole Z Z-verse. Because yeah. there's not just Xenon, there's a Z-Equal and a Z3, which we will all do. Yeah, we'll review those. As long as as long as the weed is, is still green, <laughs> and uh, we also like the, they switch up the adjectives a lot. So a big one is disaster major, sweat minor. Um, one thing that I wasn't a big fan of, and I wasn't a big fan of, and uh, I just want to point out is like Disney did kind of have some weird body shaming moments in this movie where they. Co- commented xenon's aunt commented on her mom's weight like oh is she still really skinny and then someone pointed out like how pale they were and i'm just like nah we don't need to be like body shaming in disney channel original movie there's there's a lot of (laughs) anti-women and hate you know there was a character who entirely existed because like she was just like hey you're trying to steal my boyfriend it's like they weren't even dating. Also, like, you really fucking hate her. Like, she literally tried to kill Zena. Yeah, I'm at the point in my, like, womanhood where I remember that point in time where, like, of course, there's the middle school bully and, like, you hate them. But now as an adult, I'm like, wow, they really could have used that moment to lift each other up. And then, you know, Greg Lost gets Greg gets Lost crushed out. <laughs> Because Greg needs to learn boundaries, first of all. Yeah. So, if you guys watched the movie like I did, all I saw from Greg was just some dude who was just like, hey, like I like that girl and I'm just going to keep looking at her. Like, staring at her. And so, at some point, the girl, Margie, who likes Greg, despite the fact that he clearly will just eye-fuck the shit out of who he actually likes goes over to Xenon and is pissed at her because she's insecure and tries to roast Xenon for her clothes and Xenon puts her down in the most gangster way I've ever heard in a while. And so Xenon is just like, yo, basically, like, let me take that mask off your face so that, like, maybe I'll look half as ugly as you do, punk bitch. That she doesn't say I do want to point movie. out, though. But yeah, that kind of happens. I do want to point out that Greg has one redeeming quality, which is that he works with horses. And every, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, but like at that age, I was obsessed with horses. So Greg had that going for him, for sure. Also, he knew the only black kid in the galaxy who was integral to the plot. So in the entire galaxy, there was really two black people. There was Raven Simone. Raven. And then there was this black kid on Earth. And this black kid on Earth was the only person who was able to was able to reverse engineer the virus so that 
Xenon can go back to the space day, upload it onto the computer bullshit, the mainframe, and save the day. But that's a little lost plot point that the only other black guy in the galaxy is the only person necessary to this plot because Greg didn't actually do shit other than ask his friends to help him. He asked his friends to help him with a car. He asked his friends to help him with the hacking bullshit and the quick typing. He asked his friends to help him The get quick to typing, space. you really <laughs> love that. <laughs> it's the most 90s thing because it's just like how do you hack in the 90s? You need a great big keyboard with big buttons so you can clickety clack on them really fast because that's how you hack. Have you not seen The Matrix? It's just like click, 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 click. Yeah, I that's, used to take like speed typing classes in the 90s. Yeah, it's so all weird. about the clickety clack. So. Yeah, there were just some moments of this movie that, like, I loved, and then other parts where I cringed. And for the most part, though, I, it was fun to watch it again. Uh, there are a couple of montages. There was a montage in the beginning, but I won't even call it a montage because it's, like, an establishing montage. The best kind of montage. But there was also the pretty colors montage while she was like floating outside the space day. And there were just like all of those Aurora Borealis type of lights like in her, like reflecting off of her. So that was kind of a montage moment as well. That like was way too long. That was way too long. Also, horseback riding The horseback riding montage, which really showed Greg's sweet side, I must say. You know, if you just, like, you kill him with kindness, you can eventually Charles Manson a girl to death, you know? (laughs) What? KK! (laughs) Greg is crazy. Greg is crazy! (laughs) So, moments that are funnier hide the really bad CGI. The CGI was so it's bad. It's so much bad. It's so much worse. <laughs> however, so much however, bad. You, however bad you think it is, is so much worse. And that, in and of itself, is a reason for you to get really blazed and watch this movie with a friend. Also, the eye-fucking, I really feel like it's really funny. It was too much. And then, yeah, there was just, like, some weirdly sexual language. Like, at one point they said something about an O-ring. More than one time. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, that was Disney Channel's little, like, plug <laughs> for those, like, super conservative parents who, you know, they just want their kids to never know what an O-ring is. Disney Channel exposed to them. Exposed them. Also, we talked about this before, but this movie came out in 1999. Yeah. So this means that this is towards the end of Bill Clinton's presidency. No, no, no. They were talking about Chelsea Clinton. I don't oh, know. Oh, in I mean. 1999. In yes, 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 This is like towards the end of Bill Clinton's presidency. So this is after him being impeached. And people are still like, hey, Chelsea Clinton, president. Like, damn, like people really liked Bill Clinton. Babe, I played the saxophone. Bill Clinton played the saxophone. We can deduce from that that all cool people play the saxophone. I mean, he played the saxophone on our studio. I mean, he was certified after that. But anyway, <laughs> final thoughts on this, Jay. So are we going to do our Puff Puff Pass now? It is time for the Puff Puff okay, Pass. Okay, so speaking of Bill Clinton, I would give this movie a hard Bill Clinton, which... 
it's hard for us to to explain what the bill clinton is. i know and we're calling this the puff puff pass award and here i am adding in bill clinton to the mix essentially this movie was funny to watch and reminisce because i loved it so much as a kid while i liked it i wouldn't like fully inhale on it like it wasn't like it didn't meet my expectations what she's saying is that she 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 smoked but she did not inhale on it yeah she she was not able to give it a full puff i can't give it a full puff she passed on it she'll sit and watch she'll you know she'll let it go in rotation she may even take a quick hit but like i'm not going to pause the movie while i go get popcorn like it wasn't like a movie that i had me captivated and so honestly for me i think that i was high as shit and this was hilarious one of the funniest movies i've ever seen when i'm high because everything is so good and then even the things that are so bad are so bad that they're good yeah that it's just hilarious i feel like if you really have yourself a nice kick it old school just get yourself a nice bong or a bowl or you know get yourself a nice vape pen get a couple of tugs on it like, we are nice in the future stall. we are in the future so yeah, i think a know, vape pen is future, like a good a pen, way to get high you know, do a couple of dabs and watch this movie with a friend i feel like if we were going to add a drinking game although this is not the mickey mouse brew house but if we were to add a drinking game to it every time they say cetus lapidus like you have to finish your drink finish your drink oh my god i thought you were gonna say take a sip finish your drink kk they say cetus lapidus every fifth word in this movie you're gonna end up in the drunk tank i'm here for the turn up well anyway this was the mickey mouse greenhouse i am kk and i'm wiggles and thanks so much for tuning in with xena girl of the 21st century we can't wait to catch you next time welcome to 2020 we're in the future the future the future mickey mouse greenhouse